Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. So all month we have been talking about how to set your GPS and that I mean, at the beginning of the year, it's a good time to kind of reevaluate and figure out where we're going. And one of the essential steps with this, the first thing we talked about, is that if you want to get someplace, you have to first determine where you want to go. You have to set your destination in order to get there. And then we've spent really the rest of the month talking about after we determine what it is that God is calling us to, what it is we need to be doing, where it is we should be going, not just some whim, not just some idea that we've come up with, I want to finally beat my score on Pac-Man, or I want to finally be able to lift 400 pounds, or whatever it is. Not just some whim, but having an idea of where God is calling us to go. We, once that is determined, then we need to figure out, well, how do we actually get there? And we've talked about this all month. And today we're wrapping up this series, and we're dealing with one final issue. And that's, how do we end up getting to our destination when it feels like everything is against us and we cannot continue on the journey any longer. We've talked about distractions. We've talked about the crisis moments. We've talked about how to, how to navigate and how to be healthy in this journey. And we've talked about sometimes getting to a crossroads and, and wanting to go to the right or to the left or, or just having our attention pulled away. But this is, this is different. How do you continue in the journey going in the direction that you should be going to get to the destination you know you are called to go to when it feels like everything is pushing against you, everything is fighting against you, and everything is trying to make you stop. How do you endure that? It may be the situation where you are fighting some sort of addiction. Whether that's to your phone, whether that's to pornography, Drugs, alcohol, being a control freak. And the temptation just keeps smacking you in the face. And you fail and you keep going and you fail and you keep going and it feels like you fail and fail and fail and it feels like there's no way to actually beat it. It feels like you might as well just give up. You determine that you need to make changes in your life in order to be healthier, healthier for your family, healthier for yourself, healthier so you can make a difference in your job, healthier so you can make a difference just in your life, and you know that you need to make some lifestyle changes. And so you put these things into practice. Maybe you go to the gym and you change how you eat, what, whatever it is. You start making healthy choices for your mental health and you start making those choices, but it feels like it's not making any difference. And you're putting all this time and all this energy and all this money into these things and it feels like it's not making any difference. You've determined that you need to work on your family in the relationship with your spouse, with your kids. 
and you want it so desperately, and you know that's what you should be working on, but the pushback you're getting from those who are closest to you hurts more and more and more each day. You want to change how you behave at work and you want to be honest with your coworkers and with your boss and with your clients. And it feels like the more you lean into that, the lonelier you are at work. Whatever it is, whatever it is that God has called you to at school or your family or finances, whatever, you lean into it and it feels like everything just leans back against you and pushes against you and it feels like you don't know how you can endure it, how you can keep going, how you can push through that if it's even possible to push through and you start wondering whether or not you should just give up. You want to just give into it to get some relief. You start wondering if you made the wrong choice. And the, the thing that you are pursuing is simply impossible. You get hurt and hurt and hurt, and you either end up feeling like you won't want to be hurt anymore, you just don't want to hurt anymore, or you want somebody else to hurt like you hurt. Feels like the cost is too high. Or the pressure and the pain is just too much. How do you endure that? How do you last? Can you even last and endure and get through those things to get to this place where God is calling you to go to? Well, the Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthian church And he's writing to them in a time and in a culture where Christians were persecuted socially and physically for their beliefs. Politics were against them. Society was against them. And there were people who made it their main occupation to go after and destroy their businesses, destroy their livelihoods, destroy their lives, put them in prison, and have them killed. And he's writing to these people. And Paul, having actually endured those persecutions himself, he is writing to them in the middle of this. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 7. He says to them, We have this treasure in jars of clay, fragile pots, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. 
For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that His life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. This is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe that therefore, and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, all this pressure and pain was pushing the Corinthian people to the edge. And that pressure, that persecution actually pushed them to see the things that needed to be removed from their lives. So they needed, they needed things to be removed from their hearts, removed from their lifestyles, removed from them, and they needed those things filled with Christ. They needed this change and this pressure helped remove the old, broken, dead, sinful parts of their life and filled it with Christ. That they needed to die, the old way of life, the old parts of their life needed to die and die and die so that they could be filled with the resurrection and the life and the purity and the holiness and the power of Jesus. And the thing about it is, that even though we are in fragile jars that can easily shatter, that life of Christ is unbreakable. And the more you get filled with Jesus, the more unbreakable you become. And that when Jesus takes over, Along this journey, you end up becoming unstoppable. When Jesus takes over, you become unstoppable. Let me give you, let me give you two illustrations to help us wrap our heads around this. How many of you have ever, ever had a bath toy. Not, how many of you have ever had a bath? Well, I'm not asking that. No. Too, too much. How many of you have ever had a bath toy? Probably one of those rubber duckies or one of those little animals with the hole in it, and, and it gets water inside of it a little bit, and then it turns all moldy and nasty and black, and then you squeeze it, and out comes all this nasty n- nastiness. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Some, some of you, some of you are just like, that nastiness was just part of my life. Um, 
Well, anyways, like you, you have these little bath toys, and they're made so that you can squeeze them, and, and they, they squeak a little, and you end up being able to kind of suck up some of the water and then squirt the water out. Well, those bath toys are, are filled with air. And when you put pressure on them, but you submerge them in the water, what ends up happening? You release the pressure and the water pulls in. And if you do that enough, if you put the pressure on and release it and put the pressure on and release it enough in the water, you end up pushing out all the air and it ends up being filled with the water. So much so that you can lift it up out of the tub and squirt your parent in the face with it. We have very few of those toys now. But there needs to be that pressure put on it to squeeze out the old stuff. And when it's submerged in the water, it gets filled with the water. We need that pressure. Sometimes we need that pressure in our lives to squeeze out the old stuff and be filled with Christ. To the point that when the pressure comes, all that comes out is Jesus. And give me, let me give you another example. Imagine that you're playing on a, a basketball team. And you and your team are just doing, you're doing horrible. And you look over, and Michael Jordan is sitting on your bench. And you go, you know what, if I let him play for me, we might actually win this game. Do you do it? Or do you go, no, I want to finish out this game. I'm pretty sure we're going to lose. But um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose, but I want to play out this game. Or do you, or do you say, you know, you know what, it's more important for, me to, for us to win this than for me to play this. Do you let Michael Jordan take your spot? No? Do you, does anyone know who Michael Jordan is? <laughs> yes? Okay. I'm like, I'm confident on this sports illustration for once, but nobody is, nobody is tracking with me. Of course you do. Of course you do. You go, no, you play for me. And he comes on the court and he's playing and he's playing against all these five foot, two foot high school students or however tall I am. And he's playing against all these and he crushes them. And because he's playing for you in your spot because he's taken over, he's unstoppable. Doesn't matter who he was playing against. Who's going to win? When we let Jesus take over, it's kind of like letting Michael Jordan play basketball for us. We become unstoppable. Now taking over and letting him take over and dying to the old way 
means that we're making a trade, that the old thing is being put out and the new is coming in. And that means we're making this trade. We're emptying ourselves and being filled with Christ. It means that we're, getting, we're saying it's not our dreams, it's His. It's not our way, it's His. It's not our priorities, it's His. It's not our strength or our control, it's His. It's not our desires, it's His. It's not our solutions, it's His. It's not our joy, it's His. And when we do that and we die over and over the, the old way and let His life take over, we might not be able to stand the pressure, but He can. We might not be able to resist the temptation, but He can. Meanwhile, we might want to give up, but He won't. You might want to run, and He's not going to. You might want to leave, but he's not going anywhere. You might be out of money, and he isn't. You may want what others have, but he is enough. You may not have what everybody else has, but you don't need it. And you just won't quit. When God gives you direction, and it takes work to figure out what God is calling you to. And we've already talked about that this month. But when He gives you clarity, He says, this is where I want you to go. And the pressure comes, and the attacks come, and the persecution, the intentional opposition. Not just, all oh, things are hard at work, and so I'm having trouble with my family, but actual opposition. Somebody is trying to stop you from achieving what it is that you know God is calling you to. You need Jesus to take over. Because that is the only way you're going to get there. And this isn't a big self-help. These are the four things you've got to do. And if you check off all these boxes, you've got it done. This is a spiritual thing, folks. This is a spiritual thing to do with your soul. You have got to surrender to Christ. And when you do that, the old way of doing things from the inside out, I'm not talking about just changing your behaviors, but the core desires and habits and beliefs and things that are on the inside that cause our actions, He will change those. Because the old way is going to die and you are going to have the life of Christ inside of you causing different reactions. But that requires that we surrender. That requires that we get squeezed and filled with Him. That requires that we have to give up our spot on the court and give it to Him. And when that happens,
when that happens and you're on this journey, nothing is going to be able to stop you. Not threats, not poverty, not a poor economy, not infertility, not past mistakes, not public attacks, not massive and unavoidable temptations, not physical attacks, not the whole community fighting against you, not sickness, not death, not broken cars, not leaking roofs, not a cheating spouse, not betrayal, not age, nothing is going to stop you. Yes, we have this treasure in jars of clay, fragile pots, corruptible bodies. But when you surrender and when Jesus takes over, you become unstoppable. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.